Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome, episode 45 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I'm your host, Luke Helgerson. You know how we do it. Five topics, unpopular opinion. Let's get right into it. Topic number one, coming to you on this December 30th, the day before New Year's Eve, before we switch the calendars to 2021, coming to you from my apartment. That's right. First topic we're going to get into. It's got to be the NBA. We're going on day, what is it, day nine? Day nine of the NBA season. Watching a little basketball right now as we speak. Lakers playing the Spurs. Just watched the Nets beat the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, It's been a good night of basketball. Let me tell you what, the Heat also beat Milwaukee. Celtics beat Memphis. And uh, another game that's going on, Charlotte is playing my Dallas Mavericks. So we got some good entertaining basketball tonight, and uh, we want to talk about that. So a little reactions from the first full week of the NBA season. We will start with the first thing. We'll, We'll go five things, five things that I'll take away from the first week. So the first thing, Lakers are still the favorite. Look, LeBron's the best player in the league. Anthony Davis is a debatably top five player in the league. Uh, Schroeder is great. I like Montrez Harold down low as well. Uh, Gasol, I think Gasol is very old and very <laughs> slow, but he's serviceable. Wesley Matthews can knock down a shot. I think Kuzma will step up. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, folk, Colt Hero, Alex Caruso. Like they, they still got a lot of talent on this Lakers team. I know they started the season two and two, beating the Spurs right now. I just like, just like the LeBron AD combo, and they got a lot of nice role players. So I still like the Lakers, and you know I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from losing opening night against the Clippers because well that happened last year, and look what happened as one year has passed since then. The Lakers are world champions, and the Clippers didn't even make it to the conference finals. So will history repeat itself? We will see. So. Uh, Still like the Lakers team a lot. No reason to get too carried away after just two losses. So really like where this team is at. Second big takeaway, uh, watching this Brooklyn Nets team with Kyrie, Kevin Durant. They are going to be dangerous. Uh, They are going to be one of the best teams in the league this year. Look, they're going to take nights off. Kyrie and KD will not play every game, even in a 72-game shortened season. But they still have a lot of talent. I know Dimwitty went down with an ACL tear, something wrong there, so he'll be out the entire rest of the season. So Levert, Karis Levert's going to have to step up big time. DeAndre Jordan's going to have to step up. Allen's going to have to step up. Uh, they got talent. I mean, KD Kyrie might be the, the second best duo in the league besides LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I, they have been fun to watch. KD is back Uh, I think when healthy, KD is the second best player on the planet behind LeBron James. And he's a great player. Just my only concern for them is injuries. And Kyrie has shown he hasn't been able to stay healthy. You know, I hope they stay healthy. I don't want to jinx anything or put it on them, but Dimwitty going down is a big loss for them. 
Big loss for them. So Levert's going to have to step up. All the role players are going to have to step up for them. But the Nets team will be a lot of fun to watch this year. Third takeaway, those Golden State Warriors. They got blown out on opening night. (laughs) They got blown out on Christmas. But they bounced back. They've won two in a row. Steph Curry stepping up nicely. Now the two teams that they have beaten are the Bulls and the Pistons. So don't get too excited. But on New Year's Eve, they... New Year's Day, they play the Portland Trailblazers, so uh, they'll be challenged in that one, but uh, Steph Curry is going to have to do a lot, and I think he's capable of doing a lot. I mean, he put up, what, 37 yesterday. He's averaging 26. He's getting back into the flow of things. He played, what, five games last year and had so much time off. Like, he's still getting his NBA legs under him fresh in the season. I think they're, they're good. They're not bad. They're not great, but they're not okay. I think they can beat all the bad teams. All the teams that they should beat, I think they can manage. But the tougher teams, the playoff contending teams, that's where they'll struggle. But I will say, the Vegas over-under for them is 36 and a half games. That's 500. I firmly believe Steph Curry can get this team over 500. I like Wiggins. I know you can say whatever you want about him. Doesn't try every night. Uh, He looked solid yesterday. He had 29 points. I know it's against the Pistons, again, a, a team they should beat, but I, I like the pieces that they have. Kelly Oubre just needs to knock down shots. At one point before last game, he had not made a field goal besides dunking. He's like 0 for 19 from three. I hadn't hit a field goal, only was making dunks were his only points. It, he needs to step up for them. They need it since Clay Thompson's down. Draymond Green has been hurt. So I think they'll be above 500. So they're, they're a good team, but they're not great. They're not that dangerous if I, you were to play them in the playoffs because you can just focus on Steph and force everyone else to beat you. But I think the Warriors will be better than 500. So they're not a bad team. Don't let the first two losses fool you. The Bucks and the Nets are very good teams. I don't think the Warriors are there yet, and they got a long way to go. But I think they'll be above 500. Um, fourth thing, big takeaway: all these teams that have been bottom dwellers the past few years are getting out to hot starts. The best record in the NBA as of this moment in time, December 30th, 2020, would be the Orlando Magic at four and zero. The Magic, Orlando. <laughs> My where I currently reside. That's right. They've beaten the Heat, they've beaten the Wizards twice, and they've beaten the Thunder. And then tomorrow, they play the 76ers. We'll see how long it lasts. The game is in Orlando. They are allowing fans, I will say, I am trying to go to the game and am going to buy tickets. And it'll be my first NBA game of 2020. Fantastic. So, but yeah, that one of the shocking teams, I mean, Vucevic, to speak on the Magic, he is the most underrated player in the league besides maybe Sabonis of guys who get absolutely no respect for the numbers they put up. I mean, he constantly leads the Magic in points per game, rebounds. Uh, Vucevic, if I were to say, he's a top five center. He's a top five center. Now, maybe you could debate he is number six. But he, he is a very good player. Like Really, it's Jokic, Embiid, and Bam, maybe Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and Vucevic is right up there with them. If anything, you could debate him over some of the other guys. Maybe not Jokic, maybe not Embiid, but 
Between Bam, Rudy Gobert, mm. Vucevic is a good player. And I like this Magic team. Terrence Ross, I think Markel Fultz is stepping up nicely. He's out of the spotlight since he's playing for a small market team like Orlando. He can really blossom as a player. So I just like what this team is putting together. And they're 4-0. I don't think it'll last. But I do think they will compete for a playoff spot. As always, they'll be fighting for that eight seed, maybe that seven seed, but they just don't have the true talent, but they're a nice enough team. They'll battle every night, so they're an enjoyable team to watch. A couple other teams in the Eastern Conference specifically that have been surprising. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, three and one. <laughs> I mean, who could have seen that coming? The Atlanta Hawks, they're three and two after the loss of Brooklyn tonight, but they're, they're a pretty solid team. Uh, playing really well. Trey Young, second in scoring behind James Harden. I mean, they just got a bunch of nice pieces. I mean, Gallinari, Collins, Bogdanovich, Redditch. I mean, they got a decent team. And again, another, uh, they'll be fighting for a playoff spot. I firmly believe it. Seven seed max, maybe six seed, maybe five seed, but I think there are some teams that better them. But speaking on the bad teams, that have been surprisingly better than I thought. What about the team? I mean, the Toronto Raptors are 0-3. <laughs> Not a good way to start the year. Three-game losing streak, and they've blown three double-digit leads. Like, they've been up double digits in every single game. Lost to the Pelicans, lost to the Spurs, lost to the 76ers. And they lost by five to the Spurs and only by seven to the 76ers. And I watched the last of that 76ers game. They were up and didn't close it out. So I expect Toronto to turn it around. But, that, again, another team like the maybe the Golden State Warriors have a long way to go to really figure it out. Losing Ibaka and Gasol, I guess, was key for them because Baines is not the same player. Baines, can't, I don't think he can replicate what Ibaka does. He can definitely replicate better what Marc Gasol has done. But mm, expected a little more out of the Raptors. Another team in the Eastern Conference set has, has no wins. They're winless. The Washington Wizards, after acquiring Russell Westbrook, he's only played in three of the four games, but they've lost to the 76ers, the Magic twice, and the Bulls. And they play the Bulls tomorrow looking for their first win. I mean, they're struggling out of the gate. I, Westbrook just, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. They just don't have the talent that you would think. It's literally Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook. And I would say the third best player on that team as of right now is Thomas Bryant. I mean, Davis Partons hasn't shown me anything. The rookie, Denny, hasn't shown me anything. Robin Lopez is very old and has aged not gracefully. I mean, I just don't see it. Really don't see it with these Wizards. I thought they were going to fight for a playoff spot with Westbrook, had something to prove. They just look shaky. They've looked shaky out of the gate. And in the Western Conference, a couple teams that have shocked me, the Sacramento Kings. I mean, they're 3-1 and one right now. They've beaten the Nuggets twice, and the Nuggets are a very, very strong team. Very strong team. And they also have beaten the Suns, another team that has been pretty surprising at 3-1 and one as well. But they have split two games with the Suns. They play the Rockets tomorrow. Really like these Kings. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald. Harrison Barnes is playing nicely. Marvin Bagley. Rashard Holmes. Bowling Green State. 
player, the only one in the league as of right now. I I like what the Kings are doing. They're showing me something. Another team, hey, maybe they play well. They could fight for that eight spot, possibly sneak into the playoffs. They're a very serviceable team. If they go on a skid, they might make moves. If they start losing games, they might make trades. But as of right now, hey, they look pretty solid and could be a playoff team. It goes with the Phoenix Suns as well. Like I said, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton playing very well together. They got a lot of talent on their team. They, Like I said, beating the Kings, beating the Mavericks, beating the Pelicans. I like what I see out of the, the Suns so far. Uh, looking like a really good team. That that trio of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton is very good. It's one of the best trios in the league, if I do say so myself. So, oh, but basketball, it's been great so far. That's the final thing I want to talk about with the NBA. Is It has been great. Look, I know some of the games have been blowouts. I mean, the Mavericks beat the Clippers by 50 points. The Bucks did the same thing with the Heat, beat them by, what, 50, yeah, another 50-piece. Uh, every single Christmas Day game was a double-digit loss, and it wasn't close in any of them throughout the entire game. And I know. I sat there and added to those TV ratings. I watched every single game. Every single one was tuned in, glued to it didn't turn away. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. I've enjoyed the games. Look, I know blowouts aren't fun to watch, but a lot of the games, some of them have been exciting. I've had some nail biters so far early in the year, so stay tuned. Yes, the NBA is fun. It's enjoyable, and I just had to bring it up real quick because I was hearing on the radio all throughout the day of people just complaining. There's so many blowouts in the NBA. It's boring. I don't want to watch, and it's like, yeah, well, pay for league pass. Pay for League Pass and you can watch any game. You can watch the exciting ones. You can watch all the enjoyable ones. You can watch your favorite team. You can watch the best teams. I'd recommend buying League Pass. And this isn't just a free plug, free ad for the NBA and League Pass altogether. I recommend getting it if you're a true fan of basketball. I've been watching it nonstop. It's great. Every night I get to watch any NBA game I want. It's an absolutely beautiful beautiful investment if you're a true fan of the game. It's just fantastic. So League Pass, look into it. And especially you getting those stimulus checks, you might as well invest. If you're a true, if you consider yourself a true basketball fan, you got to get it. You have to. It's a hell of a bargain. Hell of a bargain. You can look it up and see how much I spent for yourself. But uh, I recommend getting it. So I think the NBA has been great. We're going on day eight. To day nine, looking or are we on nine? Going on day ten. Let's get it. More NBA on the way. Topic number two. Look, with the NBA just starting, that means the NFL regular season is coming to a close. We are in the final week of the NFL season, and playoff lines are on the table. It's go time for the NFL. It's been a great, exciting year. What I'm going to talk about is the playoff picture, how the things can break down, and then we're going to break down the most important games and give you my picks for the playoffs. Who's in, who's out, let's get to it. We'll start in the AFC. So at the number one seed, 
the Kansas City Chiefs, the best team in football as of right now. They got the one seed locked up. Patrick Mahomes will sit out the final game of the year. Chad Henney's going to start in his place. They played the Chargers this weekend at the number two spot, the team that clinched the AFC AFC East division, the Buffalo Bills. They play the Miami Dolphins. They're 12-3 and three. at the three spot as of right now. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they clinch their division, the AFC North. They play the Cleveland Browns this weekend. At the four seed, the Tennessee Titans, they're looking to lock up the AFC South this weekend. They play the uh, Houston Texans. At the five, the Miami Dolphins, they play the Bills, like I said. At six, the Baltimore Ravens, they play the uh, Bengals. At seven, the Cleveland Browns. Um, like I said, got a matchup against Pittsburgh this weekend. And on the outside looking in, the only other team who could possibly get into the playoffs, those Indianapolis Colts. So as it currently stands, how it stands, this is how it breaks down. So the scenarios work out. Tennessee can clinch the AFC South if they win or an Indy loss. Now it should be noted, Indy, mm, they, they play Jacksonville. So it's not likely that they're going to lose. But Tennessee wins. They lock up the division as they have the tiebreaker. Tennessee can also clinch a playoff berth if Baltimore loses or a Miami loss. Um, Miami can clinch a playoff spot if they win or a Baltimore loss or a Cleveland loss or an Indy loss. Uh, Baltimore can clinch a playoff spot if they win, Cleveland loss, uh, or an Indy loss. And Cleveland can clinch a playoff spot if they win. So they win, they in, or Colts loss. And then the Colts, they can clinch a, the uh, South Division uh, with a win and a Tennessee loss, um, or they got a tie in Tennessee needs to lose. And then the Colts can also clinch a playoff berth. Like I said, they're the team outside looking in. It, they have to win, and then Baltimore has to lose or tie. Cleveland has to lose or tie, or Miami has to lose or tie. Uh, so here are the tiebreakers, how it breaks down real quick in the AFC. So Buffalo is ahead of Pittsburgh based on the one-to-one record. So the Bills have something to play for this weekend against the Dolphins. So it's not going to be easy for the Dolphins. Uh, they, they might drop a little if they don't win. Tennessee is ahead of Indianapolis uh, based on the conference record since they split in the regular season. Um, Tennessee's 7-4, Colts are 6-5. Miami is ahead of Baltimore and Indianapolis based on conference record as well. They're 7-4, Ravens 6-5, Colts 6-5. Baltimore is ahead of Cleveland um, in the NFC North based on head-to-head record. Baltimore beat them twice, uh, and they're ahead of Indianapolis since they beat them as well. Uh, Cleveland is ahead of Indianapolis based on the head-to-head record. And uh, for draft pick, just so you're aware, the New England Patriots are ahead of the Los Angeles Chargers based on the head-to-head record. So with that being said, I think the playoffs, the the seeding I think will stay what it is. It should be noted. Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, Indianapolis, all 10 and 5, and could all possibly finish 11 and 5. Right, there is a lot of good teams in this AFC, so we need to watch out. It's going to be a fun, fun playoffs once we get there in the NFL. Let's move over to the NFC now, break down uh, the playoffs if they were to start today. So at the one, as of right now, the Green Bay Packers, they locked up the NFC North. They're 12 and 3. They play Chicago this weekend. And number two, who'd add the New Orleans Saints? They're 11 and 4. They play Carolina. Seattle Seahawks, they locked up their division as well. They're 11 and 4. They play San Francisco. The NFC lease, the current 
team at the top of the pack would be those six and nine Washington football team. The WTH. That's right. What the hell? <laughs> That's the Washington football team. They play Philadelphia, who's been eliminated. At the five spot, who's already clinched a playoff berth, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they sit there at 10 and 5. At the six, as of right now, would be the Los Angeles Rams. At nine and six, they play the Arizona Cardinals. At the seventh spot would be my Chicago Bears. Duh, Bears. Eight and seven. Mm. <laughs> Here we go. And on the outside looking in, as of right now, two teams have a chance. The Arizona Cardinals at eight and seven and the Dallas Cowboys at six and nine. So Green Bay can clinch a first-round bye with a win or a tie or a Seattle loss. Should be noted, Seattle's going up against San Francisco, I guess, there. The Saints can clinch a first-round bye with a win and a Green Bay loss and a Seattle win. Seattle can clinch a first-round bye. They got a win, and both Green Bay and New Orleans has to lose. Washington can clinch the NFC East if they win. All they got to do is win. The Rams, they can clinch a playoff berth. All they got to do is win, or Chicago has to lose. Chicago clinches a playoff berth. All they got to do is win. All I, all, I, all I do is win, win. It don't matter what. Got money on my mind. Or they get in if Arizona loses. So that Arizona-Los Angeles Rams game has big-time implications. Speaking on the Arizona Cardinals, they need to win and they need Chicago to lose. The Dallas Cowboys can clinch the NFC East, the NFC least, excuse me, division with a win and a Washington loss. And then the New York Giants have not been officially eliminated. They have a chance if they beat the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team loses they are in. And the tiebreakers, how it breaks down real quick, New Orleans is ahead of Seattle based on the conference record. New Orleans is 9-2. Seahawks are 8-3. Washington is ahead of Dallas in the NFC, least based on head-to-head -head record. Uh, Chicago is ahead of Arizona based on the common games record. Um, Bears are 3-2. Cardinals are 1-3. Dallas is ahead of Minnesota and San Francisco based on head-to-head -head sweep. Uh, Minnesota is ahead of San Francisco based on common games record. And, uh, yeah, then the irrelevant ones of Detroit and Giants are blah, blah, blah. So let's pick these games. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm, let's start with my beloved Chicago Bears. Oh, the Chicago Bears. The Bears against the Packers. Look, the Bears don't beat the Packers. Aaron Rodgers feasts on the Bears every time. I, li I like where the Bears are headed. They've played very nicely the past four games. Um, they've turned the season around from going 1-5 and five to then 5-7 and seven to winning three in a row. I mean, they've just been, it's been a roller coaster type season, but they're 0-5 all-time versus the Packers in Week 17. <laughs> Yikes. The last time Chicago defeated Green Bay in the final week of the regular season was 1983. The head coach for the Green Bay Packers was Bart Starr. The Bears coach was Mike Ditka. Legends. That's the last time that it happened for the Bears. <laughs> Since the bye week 
was reinstituted in 1990. No franchise has more wins or a higher win percentage than the Packers in Week 17 games. Only two teams since 1970. Merger has lost six straight games <laughs> in a season and made the playoffs. Like, the Bears won a six-game losing streak at one point and with a win could make the playoffs. I mean, just baffling stuff. The Bears have defeated one team with a winning record this year, and that was Tampa Bay, and that was a pretty fluky win. Uh, and uh, to speak on the Packers real quick, Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP. Uh, I think he's ahead of Mahomes. I firmly believe that. I mean, what's he got? 40 touchdowns and like four interceptions? He's been godly <laughs> for the Packers. I mean, he is just unbelievable. 44 touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, and it just proved, like everyone was saying he, he's been down, he's, fall, he's fallen off a little bit. No, Aaron Rodgers should win the MVP. I think they're going to they're gonna lock up that one. I, the Packers over the Bears. I mean, just history is not on our side. Look, the Bears have played nicely the past few games. They're on a three-game win streak, but look who those teams are against. I mean, I'm not going to get too excited about anything. They beat Jacksonville. In the last game, they put up points. They scored 41 points, but it's against Jacksonville. Am I supposed to get too excited? They beat Minnesota. They're in a rebuilding year, and they only beat them by six. They also cruised against the Houston Texans. Um, they beat bad teams, and they lost to the Detroit before going on this three-game winning streak. And now they go up against the juggernaut that is the Green Bay Packers. Look, I know they scored over 30 points in every all those games, Um showing that possibly Trubisky could give you a false sense of hope of maybe getting a contract extension, but I'm still not a believer in Trubisky's talents or Foles' talents for that matter. But at this point, I guess Trubisky is better than Foles. So get rid of Foles and maybe, I don't know, franchise tag Trubisky. That's a lot of money to waste on him. Maybe try to sign him to a short deal. He definitely shouldn't command that much money. I'm just... The Packers are going to win this game. I just there's no way possible the Bears can win. I just <laughs> I wouldn't believe it. The game's in Chicago, but there's no fans there. Packers are actually playing for something too. They're not resting. They're trying to clinch that first. They're trying to clinch that one seed, get that first week by. Uh, I mean, wow! It just uh, it's a nice story for the Bears, but they're going to finish eight and eight and. Mm, uh, Oh, boy. Oh, Chicago Bears. Just always just... Mm. And now, the next big game that we got to break down then would have to be the game with probably the biggest implications uh, in the playoffs, I would say, would be <laughs> the Rams against the Cardinals. Eight and seven Cardinals, nine and six Rams. So, oh, boy. I just... It's, it's going to be a good game. I mean, this is probably the game of the weekend right here. I think this will be a real exciting one. I mean, the bands, the Rams got the best defense in the league. They got the best passing defense in the league. I mean, they're just incredible. They're a defensive team, but it's going to be a problem not having Jared Goff. I mean, people like to complain about Jared Goff and his abilities. Uh, look, he's not a great quarterback, but he's a decent quarterback, and he's going to be better than the guy who they're putting back there this weekend. I mean, he played in the AAF, played for the Arizona team. Um, that's his last snaps. And the AAF was a while ago. 
and he hasn't played any football since, hasn't taken any snaps, only taken practice snaps. I think it's going to be a problem. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball offensively. I, mm, I, they got a good defense, so I think it'll keep them in the game. Kyler Murray uh, has a bit of an injury, but he is going to play. They got a great offense, so it's a great offense against a great defense. I mean, the Rams' defense has allowed 192 pass yards a game and only 16 touchdowns. That's the fewest in the NFL. I that's a mm, that's a tough one for the Cardinals, a young team, young up and coming team. I we, I mean, they have not made the playoffs since 2015, tied for the fourth longest active streak, and the Rams are going to start. Uh, John Wolford will be the 25th quarterback to make his first career start in Week 17. Good luck to you, brother. You're going to need it. It's the NFL. This is your chance. This is your chance to prove yourself. You were in the AAF a few years ago. Gary Gilbert got his opportunity. Now you get your opportunity as well. I just I think the Rams are a better team. I just have a hard time picking them with a guy who they're putting in the backfield at quarterback. I mean, Goff... I is way better than this guy, and I think Goff is a little underappreciated. I mean, I know they made the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and everyone was like, "Well, it's Goff's fault they only scored three points in the Super Bowl." It's like he's still a pretty good quarterback, and I'm just worried these Cardinals just haven't—they haven't been great the past few weeks. I mean, they started; they were real nice in the middle of the season, but they just lost to the San Francisco 49ers, who are not great. They barely beat Philly, and I know uh, Jalen Hurts came up nice for them. Uh, They beat the Giants as well, but they've already lost to the Rams. They've also lost to the Patriots. I'm just, who to go with? Do I trust an offense to do what it's been doing all year? Or do I trust an offense with a quarterback that hasn't taken an NFL snap in his entire life? Whew. Who, who, we. You know, with the Rams' defense, I just don't know how they score points. I really don't. I really don't know how they're going to put up the points, but maybe the kid will surprise. The Rams still got some nice pieces on offense. Maybe they'll stick to the run game a little more. I'm going to actually take the Rams in this one. I'm going to take the Rams, and I'm going to regret it, but we are taking the Rams to beat the Cardinals and get into the playoffs. So give me the Rams. Third biggest game of the weekend, Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins looking to get into the playoffs, even if they lose, they're in. Um, But the Bills are looking for that two spot. I think they really want to get a home field advantage um, over the Pittsburgh Steelers, in case Kansas City slips up after the the round one bye. I think Buffalo wants to go for that two seed. I think they're the second best team in the NFL, just ahead, of, just a bit of ahead of the Packers because I think they're uh, peaking, getting hot at the right time. And I, I, I just don't think that Miami's offense, as they continue to stick with Tua and then at the end of games going to Fitzpatrick, I just think that's a recipe for disaster, and I don't think the offense can compete with what the Bills are able to do. I mean, 
Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are one of the most dangerous quarterback wide receiver combos in the league today. So mm, Dolphins are going to have their hands full, but I'm, I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bills in that one. Fourth biggest game um, would ha- I guess would have to be the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cleveland Browns. Look, the Steelers trying to go for that two seed, uh, but not too much because Ben Roethlisberger is sitting out. So uh, I think the Browns are going to make a statement. I think they're going to make sure that they get into the playoffs. Um, I think it's going to get ugly. I think the Browns are going to take it to the Steelers. I mean, no, with no Roethlisberger, the the Steelers are already very shaky. You put in a bad quarterback for this team, I think it goes from bad to worse very quickly. So and I see the Browns really putting their foot on the gas pedal in this game and going to try and take it to the Steelers, make a statement, show that we're a playoff team, show that they're dangerous come playoff time, and they're not a team anyone wants to face. So statement game for the Browns. Give me the Browns in that one. And then the final game that's got to have the biggest implication would be the um, – it's got to be that uh, Dallas Cowgirls game against the New York Giants. So both teams have a chance. Uh, Cowboys, uh, they got to win. They got to win. Look, they're better. Andy Dalton's 4-2 and two since the bye week. I mean, they're way better than what the Giants are. I mean, Daniel Jones can't do anything when Cole McCoy's back there. I mean, they got the worst offense in the league. It is dreadful. I think it might be worse than Jacksonville with no Saquon Barkley. With no Saquon, like this Giants offense is terrible. Just absolutely pitiful. Dallas, they have weapons. Like, they can actually put up points and do things. Like, Andy Dalton is a serviceable quarterback. He's not a high-end starter. He is middle of the pack. He, he's, he's like a top 25 quarterback. Like, that's just – and he might be like 25, like right there. That's his spot. He's not anything impressive, but they're just the better team. Cowboys should win this game, and I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the Giants just offer you nothing. They offer you absolutely nothing. And this, this is what Dallas needs to do. Like they have a chance. They need to give themselves the best opportunity. It's been a very shaky year with Mike McCarthy. Dak Prescott went down. I mean, this is something that the Cowboys need to do. This is, I know it's must win because it's like, yeah, you need to do this to get into the playoffs. But th- this is something that they, they have to win this game if they want to bring any relevancy to this season and show that it wasn't a complete waste. Uh, this is a big-time game for the Cowgirls. Uh, Jerry Jones, your team better step up. Your team better step up. I think they can do it. I mean, they, they played nicely the past few weeks, and the Giants are just absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. And I guess I should speak on it. I do think the, teams that gonna, the team that's going to clinch the division, that NFC lease, Actually, it's not a guarantee that Washington does it. I know the Eagles aren't playing for anything. They've already been eliminated, but Alex Smith is not playing for the Washington football team. I mean, they're going to start someone. I I don't know who they're going to start. I need to look it up because they released Cardell Jones. Bye-bye. He gone. He was a team captain. How quickly it changes from just going to a strip club. I hope he learns from it of what to do during a pandemic. <laughs> he was a team captain, and then they there was video of him at the strip club. They demoted him from captain, and then boom. <laughs> he just, he's cut from the team. They got rid of him. I don't blame him. I mean, 
I, he he didn't care about it that much, clearly. So it's no guarantee that Washington is going to beat <laughs> the Eagles. It, it's not going to be a cakewalk for them. I mean, they're, Washington, look, they got a good defense, but Jalen Hurts, has, he's played decent. He's played okay. Uh, he's not, He's shown he's better than Carson Wentz at this point. And I know you can complain about the quarterback controversy there, but God, it's just Wentz just doesn't get it done. I'm uh, just, who are they going to start? And like Alec, no Alex Smith. It's who's who's going out there? What bum are they sending out there? I mean, you, you they got ish. Uh, so Stephen Monzit. Taylor Hinky, oh, they're going to start Kyle Allen, or is he hurt? I think he's hurt. Yeah, Kyle Allen's hurt too. Oh, boy. So they got this Steven Mortez guy or Tyler, Taylor Hinky. Oh, they're in trouble. And I'm Steven's from Colorado and Taylor's from Old Dominion. Just makes you wonder how Colin Kaepernick can't get a job. That's irrelevant, though. I've spoken on that before. Like, Kaepernick should be in the league if these are some of the backups. I mean, at least Kaepernick should be on a roster, at least if he wants to. But, God, his quarterbacks are a joke. So, wow. So, if the Cowboys win, I actually think the Eagles are going to play spoiler. I think the Sunday night football game, they got it as the biggest game of the weekend, apparently. So, I'm actually, like, Philly's going to play spoiler in this. They're going to, I think Philly is going to beat the Washington football team, and the Cowboys are going to clinch the NFC least. And the Cowboys are going to be in the playoffs. Like, that's, that's what they need to happen. So that's how it goes. So for the big games, the Packers are going to beat the Bears, lock up that one seed. Um, but the Bears will still play, stay in the playoffs because the Rams are going to beat the Cardinals. Uh, the Bills are going to beat the Dolphins. They're going to lock up the two seed. Dolphins will still stay in the playoffs, though. Browns are going to take it to the Steelers. They're going to lock up a playoff spot. Steelers are going to stay the three. Um, Cowboys are going to beat the Giants to go to seven and nine. And the Eagles are going to play spoiler and beat the Washington football team. So if that were to be the case, and the and the playoffs would break down like this. So in the AFC, it would be the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Tennessee Titans. If the Dolphins were to lose, they would get jumped since I think Baltimore is going to beat the Bengals. So Miami would go to the six, Baltimore would move to the five, and at the seven would be the Cleveland Browns. In the NFC, I got the Green Bay Packers locking up that one. The New Orleans Saints going to lock up the two. Um, Seattle Seahawks, they're going to lock up the three. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be the four and play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Rams going to lock up the six and play Seattle. And then at seven, the Chicago Bears are going to make it to the playoffs. <laughs> they're going to do it. Bears are in since the Cardinals are going to lose. So the matchups would be, um, like I said, Packers, Chiefs get the first round by. Saints would play the Bears. Seahawks would play the Rams. And uh, the Cowboys would play the Bucks In the AFC, um, Bills would play the Browns. 
Steelers would play the Dolphins, and the Titans would play Baltimore. Oh, boy. There's the picks, folks. It's in Scripture now. <laughs> and we'll, we will come back, and we will discuss once everything is decided and see how accurate I am, but I am very confident in those picks. I'm very confident in those picks and how it's going to work out. So, boom, let's go. And it. NFL playoffs right around the corner. Topic number three, another playoff that is about to begin on New Year's Day, the college football playoff. That's right, the final four of the CFP. We have in the Rose Bowl that will take place in Texas, it'll be the Alabama Crimson Tide against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and then in the Sugar Bowl, you got the Clemson Tigers against the Ohio State University Buckeyes. First game, <laughs> I mean, Alabama is favored by 20 against Notre Dame. That's a huge spread. I think any team would be a big, it would be a big deficit, a big line. Whoever Alabama is playing, that isn't named Clemson. I mean, it would be a little closer if it's Ohio State, but. I mean, this Alabama team averaged almost 50 a game, 49.7. I mean, Heisman Trophy finalist Mac Jones, they got Devontae Smith as a wide receiver, just another typical Alabama skill position player. I'm, they're just absolutely dangerous offensively, defensively. They also have a top five rusher in uh, Najee Harris. I mean, God, they are just – they failed to – they scored more than 38 points a game. Uh, failed to score 38 points in any game. Like, wow. And that came was their first game of the year against Missouri. Uh, they scored at least 40 in the last 10 games. They're the only undefeated team, I guess, besides Ohio State in their six games in college football. Uh, Notre Dame is going to have their hands full. I mean, Notre Dame is the ninth-ranked defensive team in the country. I'm just... Look, I Notre Dame is going to put up a fight. I, I firmly believe that. I know Alabama is the better team. I got Alabama winning this game, but Notre Dame, please, I think you'll do it, but just please show some respect, ability. We had the big win earlier against Clemson. They were the number one team, but Trevor Lawrence was out. So people are going to always have their doubts. Then in the ACC championship, they got pretty manhandled there by Clemson, but still managed to get into the playoffs, deservably so. But please, Notre Dame, show that you can compete in these primetime, big-time games. I'm tired of the Notre Dame hate. Look, they have consistently one of the best records Brian Kelly is a great coach. Always have a top recruiting class, even at a tough school like Notre Dame that's in the Midwest. I mean, they're a powerhouse school, but a lot of people disrespect them because they lose these big games. They've gotten blasted by Alabama in the national championship before. They've gotten destroyed by Clemson in the playoff before. They've got lost to Ohio State by a lot. I mean, in a lot of bowl games. I, this is just... This is a prove-it game. Notre Dame can still get some respectability even with 
a loss. They just have to not lose ugly. Just make it close. Just be competitive. Just please, Notre Dame, you got to do something. You can't just get steamrolled every time in a big game. You got to make something happen for yourself. So I will say, Alabama's going to win this game, but Notre Dame's going to cover. They are going to make up those 20 points. They're going to do it. They are going to do it. I would love to think single digits is possible, but I think the offense for Notre Dame will move a little better than it did against Clemson. Just They're not going to be able to stop Alabama. Just hope they can limit them to like 30 points, 38, 40, hopefully, and then it could possibly be a game if the offense is clicking, but golly, I don't know if... I don't think Notre Dame has a chance of winning this game, but I think they can be at least respectable and make it close. So please, go Irish in the aspect of just be competitive, but Alabama's winning the game, so that's my pick. In the Sugar Bowl, Clemson Tigers against the Ohio State University. I'm Clemson just wants to give Ohio State uh, an extra chip, I guess, because Dabo has just been talking a lot of smack about Ohio State. Look, I know they only got six games, but I spoke on it before. I mean, do you, would you really expect them to lose to the likes of Illinois, Michigan, even if they did play those games? I mean, come on. Ohio State is definitely one of the better teams in the country. They won their conference, and I think they were going to win their conference, but... I don't know why Dabo is just talking so much trash, not even putting them in the top 10 in his final rankings. I mean, come on. Just give them any more bulletin board material they need. I'm This, this is the more exciting game, I would say for sure, because it has less of a chance of being a blowout, whereas the Notre Dame-Alabama game, even honestly, as a Notre Dame fan, I think it could get very ugly, but... This one, the Sugar Bowl, uh, two very evenly matched teams, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's a quarterback matchup for the ages. Um, I mean, Justin Fields struggled against Northwestern. His draft stock has dipped a little bit, Uh, not necessarily the second-ranked quarterback as of right now. He needs to step up big time, and this, this should be a fun one. This should be a fun game. The last time they played was in the Fiesta Bowl, and Clemson won 29-23. It was a good one. Came down to the wire. Uh, so this, this is a huge game, and it's going to be great. It's the number one quarterback prospect ever in Trevor Lawrence. Whew. I mean, it's just it, it's a shame, but this is how college uh, college football is. It's just... It's always Clemson, Alabama, and I'm going to go with history and say that Clemson wins this football game, and they beat Ohio State. The line is minus 7.5. And and that's a pretty generous number, but this Clemson team, just Dabo has them on a different level. I mean, he's just up there with Nick Saban. It's just those, those two are in a class amongst themselves, and then it's like the lower tier, you know, like Brian Kelly, Ryan Day, like – I think those guys are in the next class, and there's not many guys in the next lower class then either. Like, it's those two, and then maybe Jimbo. But, like, outside of that, like, I would then create another tier, and that's where every – then it breaks down from there. But I would say Nick Saban and Dabo are clearly the best coaches in college football. They're the best recruiters. I mean, they consistently just have the best program. They're always in the playoff. I mean, they're caught – they're the only teams winning national championships. It's like there's not too much parity in college football. 
I mean, college football needs to change it. We just constantly see it every year. And I said, you know, I don't want to keep complaining about it, but it just needs to be complained. Just make it eight teams. Give more of the teams an opportunity. That's why they get the best recruits. That's Alabama gets the best recruits because the recruits know that they're going to get into the playoff for sure as long as they play great. And the best players will consistently go there because they're going to be in the playoff. As of now, guys don't want to play in meaningless bowl games. They want to play in games that matter. So they need to expand the playoff, give more teams of a chance. If anything, just give automatic bids to the Power Five conferences and then give an at-large bid to three teams, including a team in a group of five like a Coastal Carolina, a Liberty, a UCF from a few years ago, a Boise State, a school like that. Give teams a real chance to make the playoffs. It'll definitely help with the balance of power in college football, but we're just going to keep seeing the same thing. As of now, with this four-team setup and how Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban have just con controlled the sport, they're going to continue to control it as long as there are only four teams that have a chance. They just change the balance of power with recruiting. They always get the best recruits. They're always at the top of the recruiting class. and They just get the best guys. So that's going how it's, that's how it's going to continue to go. And that's how it's going to go this year as well. So Clemson, Alabama for your national championship. That's my pick. We're just making all the picks here tonight when it comes to sports. Moving on, topic number four. Let's move over to the MLB. We've had two big trades go down involving one team in particular. That would be the San Diego Padres. They traded for a former Cy Young winner and a Cy Young finalist this year. They traded for Blake Snell from the Tampa Bay Rays that the Padres did, and also Hugh Darvish of the Chicago Cubs. It's a shame to see him go. Cubs are wheeling and dealing and making moves this year. Um, got to tell you, I'm not a fan of this Darvish trade at all, as far as I'm, uh, as a Cubs fan say. And they also got rid of uh, Victor Carantini. He's the backup catcher. And I heard rumors they're also looking to trade Wilson Contreras, even though he's only owed $5 million this year. Really, to, Cubs are just making moves left and right and truly starting that rebuild process. But I don't like the trade. I mean, who do they get? Zach Davies? They didn't even get a top 100 prospect. As a matter of fact, they didn't even get a top 10 prospect from the – San Diego Padres. They got their number 11 prospect. And they're all young, like 18, 19-year-olds, so they're not even going to be in the league probably. Even if they do make it to the show, they're not going to be there for three, four years. So the Cubs could be on the downward trend. It's a big loss. Like, they lose Lester. He's probably going to walk in free agency or they'll bring him back to a short deal. Just, I hate this trade for the Cubs. I mean, I understand. Darvish had the highest trade value he's had in a while. I, he was a finalist for the Cy Young, came number two in voting behind Trevor Bauer. And the Cubs got nothing for him as it stands right now. Like, the Padres clearly win this trade with the Cubs. And it's not even close. Look, I, I know he's a talent. He's talented. Like, of course, they're prospects. They have promise, but they never make it there. We'll see if he does. I'm just not convinced. I don't think they, they didn't get anything 
of what they should have gotten for a guy like Darvish. They just didn't. Blake Snell, though, the Tampa Bay made some good moves right there. I, the guys that they got are pretty nice prospects. Like there, those are some top prospects out of the Padres. Like the Padres didn't bleed themselves dry with giving up guys in these big trades for trading for these pitchers. I'm just, just can't believe it. I, <laughs> I really can't. I really don't understand. Like, he's the. They got the number three prospect. They got the number fourteen prospect, and they got the number seven prospect from the Padres. Where's the Cubs? For Darvish, got the number eleven, and then it was just worse from there. And for the Rays, I'm sure as they always do, Moneyball 2.0. They turn a guy into an all-star starter, and then they trade him just like they did with Schnell here, just like they did with Longoria, just like apparently they they're doing with Kevin Kiermaier. I mean, they're just constantly moving guys. It's just what they do. It's a big trade. I mean, Schnell was dominant in the World Series, and they took him out uh, when they shouldn't have after he's only given up two hits in five and a third inning. I mean. It's just typical Tampa Bay Rays. And Schnell, now Padres are going all in. I mean, they have one of the best rotations. you got to think, if Mike Clevenger didn't have Tommy John, where where would this – it's already going to be one of the better rotations in the league, but where would it be if Clevenger was there? Boy, oh, boy. They also signed a Japanese player, um, Ung Soo Kim, um, signed him to four years and roughly $25 million, so a Japanese prospect. He's an infielder. I just – Padres going all for it. I just I love the Snell trade. At least Tampa Bay got some value back by getting some nice prospects who could turn into something. But the Cubs, they did nothing. No favors to themselves by giving up these two guys. I mean, Darvish, look, he's getting a lot of money. He's older. I understand the move to get rid of him to cut salary. But you got to at least get things in return. Got to at least get things in return. So Jed Hoyer, not off to a good start. Um, I'm not not satisfied with what the Cubs are doing as of right as of where it stands. I will say that. And the Padres, they get better, and they get a lot better. They get two very serviceable starters, so two guys who are going to get 20 plus starts a year and be absolute aces for you. I, this is big time for them to com- be able to compete with the Dodgers and the Braves in the NL. This is huge. This is huge for them. So good for the Padres. Making moves um, while the the stove is hot. You know, Machado's coming off a nice year. They got Tatis. Uh, Padres are a dangerous team, so watch out. I think this could propel them to the next level, and they are going to be a top contender moving into next year. Topic number five. December 30th is a day of goats. That's right. Happy birthday to Tiger Woods and LeBron James, two of the greatest at their respective sports, debatably, and in my opinion, the greatest at their respective sports, of Tiger at golf and LeBron James <laughs> at basketball. That, two best to do it. I mean, they're incredible. They're two of the biggest sports icons the world will ever no, Tiger, the first billion-dollar athlete. I mean, what he did for the golf game and the game of golf, just unbelievable. He's, he's been everything to golf. Even now, when Tiger is in a tournament, they know. I've worked at the Golf Channel. 
And I know after a weekend, why the ratings go up? They're like, it was a Tiger weekend. I mean, when he plays Sunday, golf ratings are through the roof. Tiger just brings a different level to the game of golf. I mean, he is the game. There's a lot of good players now, too. A lot of talented guys golfing. But Tiger is just in a class of his own when it comes to viewership, pedigree, legacy, all that. LeBron James, I'm, he's still going. Year 18. He's been in the NBA as long <laughs> half his life. Half his life. He was joined the league at 18, and he's going on year 18. It's remarkable what LeBron James is doing. Just remarkable. And it continues. I mean, he's won four championships. Uh, his resume speaks for itself. I think he's one of the greatest ever. Um, if not the greatest ever. Just He's a phenomenal player. And I still think even year 18, he's still the best player in the league. By far, he's the best player of the 2010s. We'll see how much longer this goes on. I expect him to at least play a few more years. He's absolutely incredible. Um, Tiger has kind of fallen in his career, but, you know, that's the game of golf. Uh, LeBron is still – they're both still going. Like, the legacy is still being made by both of these guys. So just have to give them a birthday shout-out, you know, because they're the two, the two goats, in my opinion. I mean, they'll make me turn on the TV when either of them is competing. No matter what, I mean, I watched the Laker game tonight. I had to watch LeBron James get that W against the San Antonio Spurs. I saw Tiger win his most recent major, that Masters, a couple years ago. It's fantastic. Just mm, two of the best to ever do it. LeBron, James, Tiger, Woods. And now for my unpopular opinion. So the Bucks. 10-5, and five, clinch the playoff spot. First time since 2007 that they are in the playoffs, all the way back when Tom Brady was with the New England Patriots. Uh, funny enough, same year that the Patriots didn't make the playoffs because Brady was hurt. And the unpopular opinion has to do with Brady and um, the former team that Brady played for. So the Patriots are struggling. Uh, they, they did not have a good year. Now, it, it, to be expected, you lose the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, you're going you're gonna to sputter a bit. Six and nine, three-game losing streak. Cam Newton has pretty much shown that his days as a starter uh, are no more. I mean, he threw for five touchdowns this year, had, what, 10, 11 interceptions. Only threw through 2,400 yards. Now, granted, the they have no wide receivers, but some of the passes he were make he was making, I, he couldn't, he was hitting the ground before it even got to those receivers. I mean, Cam Newton was one of the most electrifying players, was MVP in 2015. It's a shame that he has fallen off this hard. I mean, it's tough. It's the NFL, but and you got to give guys talent, but. Belichick has never been able to draft skilled position players. I mean, when was the last great New England Patriot wide receiver, Randy Moss? And he wasn't drafted there. He was picked up as a free agent. I guess they drafted Gronkowski, but that's been it. There hasn't been a lot of star power at the skill positions for the New England Patriots. Tom, Bill Belichick has done himself no favors, whereas Tom Brady goes to a new system. 
he thrives. I mean, he gets that team to the playoffs. Now, granted, the Bucks have way more weapons than the Patriots do, but they hadn't made the playoffs since 2007. Bucks are finally there with a quarterback like Tom Brady. So, but before Tom Brady left the New England Patriots, a lot of people were saying he is a system quarterback, that it's Belichick's system that makes it great. Anyone could step in and be great in that system. Well, my unpopular opinion would be this. Tom Brady is not a system quarterback. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. So I've already made this case before that Tom Brady's the GOAT. But it needs to be said that Tom Brady is not a system quarterback. He creates a system. He is so good, he revolutionizes teams, specifically the Patriots. They were a dynasty with him. Bill Belichick needed every bit of what the greatness that was Tom Brady. Bill Belichick would not be the historic coach that he was if it wasn't for Tom Brady. Bill Belichick doesn't win without Tom Brady. I mean, where, where, when has he been successful? When Tom Brady was there. Bill Belichick has a losing record as a coach without Tom Brady. Belichick, that's right. The greatest coach ever. The best coach in NFL history has a losing record without Tom Brady. Remember his time with the Cleveland Browns? Mm, not great. They were not good. Not good at all. They were 6 and 10, 7 and 9, 7 and 9, 11 and 5, 11 and 5, and then he got fired. First year in New England, 11 and 5. And then, boom, Tom Brady comes in, they win a Super Bowl. And then 2003, 2004, back to back Super Bowl champions. Then they make it to the Super Bowl 2006, helmet catch, David. Tyree. And then same thing, 2011, Manningham catch. They lose to the Giants again. Then they win the Super Bowl in 2014. Then they win in 2000, what was that? 16. And then went back in 2017. And then won in 2018. Tom Brady was there all those years. And they were constantly winning double-digit games. I mean, before this year, the last time they had single-digit wins was all the way back in 2002. I'm, and who was under center? The one Tom Brady. Belichick has a great system. He is a great coach. He does things. He takes it to another level when it comes to wanting to win and being the best. Uh, he is just a genius of the game. But he needed Tom Brady. Like His system hasn't always won. It's had one winning season without Tom Brady. One. That was 1994. And that was his only winning season with the Cleveland Browns. His only one. He had In his five years there, he had one winning season. With New England, he's had all winning season except for two. And in those two years, Tom Brady was not there. Like, Tom Brady is the system. Stop saying he's a system quarterback. He made Belichick. Now, granted, Tom Brady wouldn't be where he is without Belichick. They go hand in hand. They needed one another to be successful, and it's lightning in the bottle, and they caught it at the right time. But stop saying Tom Brady's a system quarterback. He's the greatest to ever do it. He's the definitive GOAT, the best ever, and is not a system quarterback. 
And that's the end of episode 45 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next time, you know, check me out on social media. Feel free to hit me up if you ever want to talk sports or if you ever want to be a guest on the show. I'm looking to have more guests, more people on. You know, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to talk sports with any of my listeners. So, but people, 2020 is coming to an end. That's right. One of the craziest years in human existence. It'll go down in the history books. The coronavirus pandemic, this election, it has been a doozy of a year. And Maui, wowie, it is coming to an end in just a few short hours. It means December 30th. New Year's Eve is tomorrow and New Year's Day is Friday. I'm hoping for better and blessed times ahead. I hope your 2020 hasn't been too crazy or has put too much of a damper in your life. Better times are ahead, people. You got to believe so. And I do believe so. So until next time, you know, wash your damn hands. That's all I need to tell you. Going into 2021, just remember, wash your damn hands, stay clean, and stay safe, damn it. It's been a struggle out there. It's been a struggle for all of us. So hope you get your stimulus check. All right, I'm out.